0: Welcome to the Commune Podcast. My name is Jeff Krasno. Today on the show, I welcome my dear friend, Marie Forleo. Marie is the author of numerous New York Times bestsellers, including Everything is Figure Outable. She is the host of Marie TV, a YouTube series that has garnered over 65 million views, and she hosts the Marie Forleo podcast which has accumulated 22 million downloads. Marie and I initially met through our mutual relationship with Oprah Winfrey. We're both in the SuperSoul 100, a group of the country's top 100 innovators, visionaries, and entrepreneurs as selected by Oprah. Now, I always consider myself number 99 on that list, given that folks like Marie, Brene Brown, Eckhart Tolle, Zendaya, and others are on it. In any case, I am grateful for my inclusion, which has led to my friendship with Marie and many others. So Marie is also a wonderful dancer, a gifted copywriter, and a prolific public speaker. And even after all of those accolades, Marie is probably best known as the founder of B-School, a six-week interactive video-based training program that teaches business skills to purpose-driven entrepreneurs. Now, B-School has empowered over 80,000 people with actionable tools and wisdom to apply to their ventures. And to learn more about B-School and Marie's free program titled Dream Business Bootcamp, go to onecommune.com Marie. That's onecommune.com slash M-A-R-I-E. In our conversation today, we discuss how to build a dream business and how to avoid a scream business. We unpack both the mistakes and the learnings that we've endured building and running startup businesses. We talk about the importance of clarity and simplicity. We discuss how multi-passionate people can channel their many interests into a focused business and business plan so i've never felt that you have to start your own business to be entrepreneurial some people find greater creativity without the hassle of being the boss of a startup And regardless of where you are on your career journey i hope you find some gems in this conversation without further delay i present to you marie forleo Marie Forleo, my God, welcome to the Commune Podcast. So so great to be with you.
1: Yeah, it's always great to be with you.
0: (laughs) Yeah, yeah, we've done this a a number of times. I remember the last time when your book came out, Everything is Figure Outable. And, um, And boy, we'll do more. Um, So we're both serial entrepreneurs. Um, We've made a lot of serial over the years. And and we've both enjoyed successes. And uh, we can be proud and revel in those successes. But I will say personally, over 25 years across multiple businesses, I have made oodles of mistakes and stepped into many buckets of excrement (laughs) i I don't yeah like i don't have an mba um you know a lot of my early businesses were just you know trial by fire honestly um and i could have avoided a lot of those missteps if you had just started b school like 10 years earlier damn it me Um, too
1: me too (laughs)
0: Um, But B-School is now in its 14th year. It's hard to believe I was reading some of the statistics around it. I mean, 80,000 entrepreneurs that you've empowered from over 600 countries, I mean, 160 countries, 600 industries. I mean, did you ever in your wildest dreams imagine that what your work would have that much influence?
1: No, I never imagined it could reach as far and wide and long as it has it was honestly just me a couple of things seeing this huge pain point in the marketplace that i shared myself because i like you i don't have an mba and uh was really, really excited about doing something unique and different, but had no desire to go get that higher level of education, nor could I really afford to. And I wasn't super interested in going the venture capitalist raising money route. For me, freedom Mm -hmm. is my highest value. And I'm like, if I'm going to start my own business, I don't need other people telling me what to do and, (laughs) you know, that whole thing. And then it was this other piece of it, you know, when I was getting my small business education, because again... They don't teach this stuff. Maybe they do in college these days, but certainly in the nineties when I was um, you know, in college, I didn't learn about any of this stuff. And when I went out into the marketplace, I was not super inspired by what I encountered in terms of the conferences and the opportunities to learn. And I felt like there was this huge hole for those of us who consider ourselves people who have big hearts, who want our businesses to be a reflection of our values and our creativity and the the change we want to see in the world, and also having that education be a uh, you know, have a little bit of personality and humor, but be really effective in terms of making money and streamlining things. Uh, for those of us who like to bootstrap or do things on our own, it was just a gap in the marketplace. And so I wanted to fill it.
0: Yeah. And fill it. You have, I mean, there's so many of us that are, you know, creatives, but we don't have, um, you know, really much footing or training Uh, in marketing or developing copy or tech, Um, but we have great ideas that can really bend the arc of history. So where do we go um, for that kind of education? Um, And, uh, you know, so I hope in our conversation today, we can explore a few of the learnings that were forged in the crucible of our experiences. And, um, you know, such that, entrepreneurs can avoid some of the pitfalls um, that, are so, uh, that are so common um, as they pursue their true north. So Commune, for me, has evolved into what I would dub or what you, I think, would dub a, a dream job. I've really applied a lot of my learnings to create um, space, for creativity and curiosity and learning. And um, it's been incredibly gratifying. But while commune might be a dream business, I've also had numerous scream businesses. (laughs) And you've done um, a marvelous job sort of codifying the delineations between a Dream business and a scream business. So maybe we'll start with the scream business. Yes. Um, how would you define a scream business?
1: It's where most of us start out and it's where many of us can unfortunately get stuck. So a scream business is exactly what it sounds like. It's the kind of business that makes you want to pull your hair out and scream into a pillow or just do the ugly cry in the corner. And it's actually an acronym um, that goes like this. So S stands for survival mode, right? You never know if you've got enough money coming in month after month. You're kind of always out there trying to scramble for that next deal or that next Client, and you're always living in a space of scarcity. And that's most of the time not what we want to have as business owners, but we wind up in this really scary place and we constantly feel like we're in survival mode. The C stands for chaotic. Business feels out of control. You never know where your focus should be put. There's a gajillion things pulling on your attention. When you wake up in the morning, you know, there's 10 different priorities. Everything needs to be done yesterday. And it just, never feels organized or systematized. And because of that, you are working round the clock, like not cool. just morning till night, but 24-7, 365. You don't have the support that you need. And because of that survival node, you don't even feel like you can afford to get more support. So you're in this hamster wheel. E stands for exhausting. Because when you're working in that modality, there's nothing that you can be besides just burned out, tired, you know, waking up, downing tons of coffee, which by the way, I love coffee, but you're doing it every single day and you can feel that your body is taking a toll and you won't be able to do it forever. A Mm -hmm. stands for annoying. Like there's part of you that's having the conversation, right? Like what? Like this is worse than any job I've had. Like I don't want to keep doing this. Why are the systems breaking? Why can't I seem to hire the right people? Why is nothing working the way I thought it should? Which leads to the M that stands for misery making. And you start questioning whether or not you should even keep this thing going. You're like, this is not making me happy. This is destroying my quality of life. I'm not getting any of the kind of dream rewards that I thought I would get, and nothing seems to be turning around. So that's kind of the acronym that encapsulates both the reality and kind of the emotional temperature of what it's like to exist in a screen business. And sadly, Jeff, so many well-meaning creative entrepreneurs get stuck in a screen business and, you know, so much of the messaging out there, especially these days is like, you know, 24-7 hustle. And you got, if you're mm-hmm. not like, you know, I'll sleep when I'm dead. And you know, if, if you're not kind of pushing that hard, you must not want it bad enough. And I've seen for myself and for thousands of others, uh, it, A, it doesn't have to be that way. And B, that is not the only version of running a business that's out there. There's this whole other paradigm that's possible, but most people don't even know it exists
0: yeah um so survival mode chaos round the clock exhausted annoying all leading to misery (laughs) Um, so survival mode i think is a is a coherent phrasing for it because just even biologically so we have a biological imperative to exist and to survive and so this was very useful on the Serengeti when we might be, you know, chased by odd toed ungulates. But, but in modern life, you know, we are constantly barraged with all of these stressors. And this yes. is creating uh, a sort of permanent state of fight or flight where we're amygdala hijacked and we're not able to leverage our rational brain, our prefrontal cortex, we're stuck in our hind brain. We're reactive. And, um, and this has all sorts of physiological symptoms, but there's also all sorts of psychological symptoms to it too. And you can, you know, when you're in survival mode, you can literally check in with your body is like, am I sitting at a desk with an elevated heart rate? (laughs) That should not be the case. Um, and, um, You know, are there symptoms of Scream businesses? So if you're a coroner in a mortuary or wherever they are, and you're performing an autopsy on a Scream business, how does that, what might you find? How does it present?
1: So a couple of things. I think as a business owner, if you feel like you're constantly underwater and overwhelmed, you might find yourself angry and snapping at those that you love because you are so in it and there's no margin in your life and you know making decisions there's not enough money you're always feeling that that sense of panic and scarcity um i think the the mere fact that when you look at your bank account that you're not on a path to financial stability or potentially financial independence or even financial freedom which again i believe that if you're gonna take the risk and you're gonna do all the work to run a business, which is a really important and big deal, that you should get the benefits. I think Mm -hmm. that someone in survival mode or someone that has a screen business, you're probably not taking great care of yourself and you know that it's having a toll on your physical Mm -hmm. health or your mental health or your emotional health. Your relationships might be on the fringe. It might be a matter of not ever seeing your friends, your loved ones or your family, There's probably a lot of friction there. There may even be, you know, the consideration of whether or not you should be in some relationships anymore because they either never see you or feel like they never get your attention or they feel like they're not prioritized. So I think if you start feeling inside or you're having the conversation with yourself, God, am I even cut out to do this? Am I not meant to be an entrepreneur? This is way too hard. Um, You start getting really down on yourself, feeling like a fraud, feeling like it's not in your DNA. Those are some of the red flags that I would say tell you that you're in a screen business.
0: You know, in retrospect, as I, uh, you know, excavate my own past and try to get really honest with my, myself of where my businesses were dreamy and where they were a little bit screaming. Screaming, yeah. You know, uh, you know, I look at the times where, boy, I woke up trying to execute like too many different ideas. Oh, gosh, and then yes. I would like Slack or well, this is before Slack, you know, I would call or, you know, email my team and they had been tasked, you know, with achieving one thing. And then all of a sudden I tried to turn the boat, this massive boat into a different direction. And that caused a tremendous amount of chaos and, uh, and people didn't know what to prioritize. And this was a huge learning that, that I took was, you know, which we'll get to, which is honestly one of my favorite uh, business acronyms that you've coined, which is simplify to amplify. but we'll we'll, we'll back our way um, into that. So I think we have a general feeling of a scream business. How would yeah. you describe a dream business?
1: So a dream business, honestly, for me, this is like uh, the closest that you can get to business nirvana. So dream is another acronym and it's really useful to help you remember. So the D stands for dependable in terms of dependable, reliable income. You've set your business up, you know exactly who your ideal customers, your dream customers are, and you are laser focused on serving them on creating them to be raving fans that love giving you money again and again and referring their friends. So of course, Mm -hmm. Jeff, we all know this, right? Every business has ups and downs. There are seasons. That's normal. But when you have a dream business, you're not in that survival mode or scarcity from a financial sense. You've got cash reserves, there's dependability, there's that reliability so you can invest in yourself and your team in the future in a really deliberate way the r stands for rewarding so obviously the financial rewards are there yes but for me a dream business goes far beyond that you feel like and you know that you're living into your purpose like when you wake up every morning it's not going to be all daisies and unicorns that's some bs right that that's never true for any business there's always challenging times but the vast majority of the time it's exciting to wake up and go to work because you're in your genius zone and you have right. a lot of support around you which leads to the e That stands for energizing. Because you are operating in your genius zone most of the time, you've got team, freelancers, um, staff, whatever kind of support you need to take care of your dream customers, but also to contribute the most value possible to your business. You actually have more energy, not less, from running your business. the a stands for abundance generating again finances yes but enjoy in free time which i think is so important for so many of us for me location abundance meaning that i can travel around that freedom that i've always wanted that i actually have and i think many of us can have and then the m stands for making a difference yes to the people who you're meant to serve but also for you and your family and your loved ones in your community. So that's the DREAM acronym, and that's what we always wanna be aiming towards. And like I said, it's not gonna be all daisies and unicorns running. Every business is gonna have its challenges, and even when you're in that dream business zone, of course there's gonna be challenges too, but you're not wanting to pull your hair out, you're not over there doing the ugly cry in the corner, and you're not constantly questioning whether or not you should be doing this thing in the first place.
0: Mm, Yeah. So well described. You know, I think one of the um, sort of societal issues that a lot of entrepreneurs have to deal with is, you know, the companies that we tend to sanctify are these mm-hmm. massive, giant conglomerates. Yes. And, you know, there's certainly not one single path to being an entrepreneur and building a business. But a lot of the ones that, you know, we hear about um, on the news or, you know, we buy stock in or or whatever, are companies that raised a tremendous amount of institutional money and that could afford to lose money and to prioritize growth over profit. So it's super tempting and exciting and tantalizing as an entrepreneur and a business person to be like, to really sanctify and coronate growth up here as the number one priority at the expense of actually underlying health of the business. And this is where a lot of entrepreneurs can get really, um, you know, stuck because they're trying to chase some big, huge growth dream But they're also trying to bootstrap it and fund it themselves or with just with family. And if I had one learning, um, and I've applied this in my own life, but to, to share with people is that if you're gonna be, if you're a creative and you're really a sole proprietorship, you're a small house, and you're not gonna raise institutional money, and that has no allure to you. Then really prioritize profit, the wellness of your business over growth, and then yes. you'll never get stuck or have to take, um, you know, high velocity dollars that bury you under preferential stock stacks and you know rip the control from your life, and then all of a sudden you've lost the freedom that was at the core of the decision to start a business in the first place. So. <laughs> You know, anyways, that that's a little, um, you know, in the weeds. But uh, it's it certainly, as I've had to architect a number of different businesses, um, really, especially in the wellness space. Yep. So I'm talking about health and wellness. My company also needs to be well. Yes. <laughs> so,
1: and um, you as the business owner yeah. need to be well. And I love that you brought yeah. this up. Jeff, because I think so many of us, we have an idea, whether it's through media, you know, you see people on magazine Mm -hmm. covers or Shark Tank or whatever, that in order to be a quote unquote business success, it has to look like this, or it has to be this enormous company with hundreds or thousands of employees and raising this and raising that. And for me, doing B-School over the past, now it'll be 14 years and seeing 80,000 people do this, you know. Hardly any of them, I don't even know if any of them have made the cover of any magazine. Some have won Emmys for their their um, what they've done and took a flower farm. And now they have their own show on the Magnolia Network. And other people have raised funds. But there's a lot of them who have become like from scratch millionaires and multimillionaires who are quietly living this incredibly freedom-rich life where they're doing what they feel like they were born to do. They have the profits and the freedom and the systems that they've always wanted, and it can look very different. And I feel like I've somewhat been a champion of the rebels and the kind of outliers and the misfits and the, as a multi-passionate person, someone who's interested in a lot of different things, and showing people that there's... When it comes to business, success doesn't look one way. And there's all these beautiful different expressions and manifestations of real sustainable business success that do not involve putting yourself into a ground or like you said, raising a gajillion dollars and having all of these different people breathing down your neck or having these metrics in terms of growth that are either unsustainable or you're like, I don't even know how the hell that... Why is that even going to matter? So yeah. um, I think it's important that you mentioned that because it gives people... I think a lot of hope and a possibility that they can do it differently and that they can carve their own path that actually fits for the stage and season of the life that they're in right now. And we Mm. now have, thanks to technology, the tools that you can really do it in a way that works for your life. Again, not to say that there's not going to be hard work or challenging times, but you do not have to run yourself into the ground and running a business does not have to ruin the rest of your life.
0: Yeah. And... You know, I, I spoke about this idea with our mutual friend, Danielle Laporte, maybe a, few, a couple months ago, and uh, we were talking specifically about how society really sanctifies growth and, and all of the metrics that we use for success in society. Uh, are, are these metrics like the Dow Jones Industrial Average or the S&P 500 or the GDP and if the GDP if the economy hasn't grown by this much oh well, my god everyone's hair is on fire and we're in a recession right. and you know when really those aren't true um those metrics aren't truly reflective of well-being of That's health. Right. And um and you know we take those societal metrics and we hoist them on ourselves often and that can lead to a tremendous amount of of suffering. And you know if you look in every natural system there are cycles of growth balanced with cycles of restoration and repair. We yes. look, we see that everywhere in nature. There's a harvest, there's a winter and you know what nature promises a spring with every winter and you know we we see this you know in sl- in sleep and wakefulness cycles just in our own circadian rhythm so repair and restoration is as important as growth and we really need to keep that in mind if we're going to actually grow businesses that are truly well yeah um, so i know a lot of um the tips and and lessons around how to build a dream business are going to be shared in an uh, upcoming three day workshop February 7th through 9 called Dream biz Bootcamp that's a hundred percent free and obviously we're going to put um, the links in the show notes and in the emails that we send out, et cetera. And you, you know as part of that boot camp, I know you're going to talk about, Um, the three pillars of a dream business. So maybe we could touch on that and uh, feel free, of course, to expound on any other components of um, the Dream Biz uh, Bootcamp. Oh yeah,
1: Dream Business Bootcamp. We're going to have a lot of fun. The way for me, I think, you know, running a business can feel very overwhelming for anyone, especially those of us who, again, consider ourselves creative. We're artists, we're idea people, we're healers. We know we have a product or a service that could truly serve people. But, you know, one of the original reasons I started B-School was actually because I met so many beautiful souls who wanted to start their own thing. And then when I would talk to them about what it was going to take to do it successfully and sustainably and for it to be effective, I would bring up the sales and marketing piece. And they say, oh, no, 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 I can't do that. I'm the Uh idea person. I need to, you know, I need to find a partner or someone else can do that. I wanted to shake them. You know, I'm from New Jersey. I'm like, no, like lovingly shake them, but be like, please do not poo poo this part because it's the lifeblood of any thriving business. I <laughs> And so what I train myself to do, and I think what I'm effective at is helping people simplify the process so they don't get overwhelmed. And so they don't think that they have to be in 17,000 places at once. And so day one of Dream Business Bootcamp is actually the most important. And that's what we're going to do on that day. And principle number one is we need to clarify. You know, we kind of alluded to this a little bit more when you were talking about how there are so many different versions of business success. And it doesn't have to look like the Amazons or the Googles or the Instagrams or the TikToks of the world or any brand that you've kind of seen out there in media. And so I want everyone listening now, if you have any interest at all, if you're running a business right now and you just want it to run better, or you have an aspiration to start something new or begin something that you've never tried before, what does having a dream business really look like and mean to you? Can we clarify that? You know, and Jeff, I think I was telling you um, the other day when we were chatting, like I'm in the middle of this renovation of a beautiful old home that Josh, my partner and I, we've lived in since 2006 and it's very small. Um, And we wanted to just kind of build out some more functionality in it because we want to spend more time there. And, you know, if you're going to build a dream home, what do you need to do? Well, you need to clarify what exactly does that dream home look like? You need to start to articulate it on paper and get a blueprint down so then you can gather all the support from yourself and other people in order to bring that vision to life. And so the first step for any of us is like, what does our dream business look like? How much money in terms of revenue and profit would we love to make over the next year to three years? Who are the ideal people that we're meant to serve? Who are our dream customers? What's the difference it's going to make in their lives? You know, what's the difference that starting this business is going to make in our lives to our family? Mm -hmm. So the more specific and concrete we can get around what having a dream business looks like and feels like for us, it helps us reverse engineer the strategies that we are going to customize to bring our dream business to life. So we're not building someone else's, in my example, dream house who may want some 8,000 square foot, whatever. Again, that could be perfect for them, I'm not putting it down, but that's not my dream house, right? So same thing in business. We have to clarify, because here's the truth that I've seen, Jeff. When people aren't clear what their dream business is, it leads them instantly to overwhelm. They start Mm. comparing themselves to other people. They quickly start chasing other people's dreams, goals, or strategies, or they say, oh, the most successful person out there is doing like TikTok videos every single day and they have an online membership and they're doing X, Y, and Z. And you start chasing these superficial metrics that don't really matter to you and you wind up crazy overwhelmed, off track, feeling like crap because you're chasing somebody else's goals rather than having the courage, the confidence, and the clarity to have set your own course. And when people have clarity, and this is something that I love teaching, especially in another realm when we talk about time, when you know what's most important to you and that has to do with clarity, it becomes so much easier to ignore what's not. So when you see advertisements out there for like, you should be using this tool or come do this webinar, or you need to kind of deploy this tactic or this strategy, you're like, you know what? Uh Uh-uh. That's off my path. That may be great, but it's not for me because I'm so clear on what my vision is and I'm so clear on my path to get there that you can just very blissfully ignore a lot of the noise that takes a lot of other people into a place of chaos.
0: What it sounds like for me is part of defining and getting clear about a dream business is actually getting clear about a dream life. Yes. And, you know, if we're going to manifest from the end, you know, and then just wake up and chop wood and and carry water with verm with Viv and, and Vigor every day, um, you know, really understanding what you want to be doing day to day and even moment to moment is really, really important. I mean, at Wanderlust for me, and, and again, I don't mean to indict my, that business was wonderful, wonderful business and yes. it brought so many people together. But I wasn't really clear about what my dream life looked like inside of it. So I was very, very um, enthralled with growth with the best intentions, honestly. It's like I wanted to democratize access to yoga. And I really felt like this modality was so important and could really bend the arc of society. You know, all these kind of ideas that were, you know, well intentioned. But I kind of set out on this growth path without really doing any clarity work around what is gonna actually make me truly fulfilled. Yeah. So what happened to for me was I ended up, you know, sitting in glass buildings in Midtown with a bunch of like cigar smoking plutocrat investors, you know, and or running around, to corporate sponsor offices and I got so far away from what really lights me up. And so for me, you know, as to apply those learnings to future businesses, I started to, in my search for clarity, I started to really try to rank the importance of certain things. Like how important is it to make money or have impact or align my work with my passion every day or work from home? travel, work-life balance like where do all these things fall kind of in my hierarchy? And then really try to, like, as you say, reverse engineer what my life would look like. So for me, aligning my work with my passion day to day was at the top of that list. And so that really made it easier for me to then sculpt a business um, where every day I could wake up with the, the verb and the feeling of purpose that you talk about. And then, you know, the results sort of become self-evident because you're so engaged in the process of it. That's right. uh, and, And less in the product of it. So the getting clear bit, I, I can't, um, you know, even hyperbolize how important this is on so many levels. Like what's your risk tolerance? What are yes. you best at? You know, yes. all this stuff that you really what's need to get What's your genius
1: into? zone? A hundred percent. And you being clear when, again, whether you're just starting out on the journey of starting a new business, right. Or starting something, a new iteration of something, or you're in business already and you can feel it's kind of off track or it's not really yielding you the kind of results that, you know, you're possible. Um, it's your potential. And so that clarity piece and coming back to it, we do it all the time in my business because, again, everything in life kind of is moving towards entropy and disorder Mm -hmm. and chaos. That's just the nature of the universe. And it's the nature of business because they are living, growing things. And so no matter where you are on your journey, coming back to like what is most important to me at this stage and season of my life, what are the metrics that really matter at this stage and season of my life for this business and personally and getting all of that aligned is the key to staying out of overwhelm and it's also the key to getting better faster results because you're Mm -hmm. a better leader you're able to hire the right talent or bring in the right partners where needed and you're also able to blissfully and gracefully and without FOMO say no to the gajillion other possibilities that will try to encroach in your time, in your mental and emotional bandwidth, even in your inbox and your social feeds. (laughs) So that clarity piece, step number one. And again, when you join us for Dream Business Bootcamp, that's 100% free. We're going to go very deep into that. And you'll get to kind of work through what we call fun sheets because why do they need to be worksheets? They actually should be fun. And so you'll walk away with so much clarity for you that then we can start to reverse engineer for the next two days. And we'll just go into the the second pillar right now, which I think is so important. Day two, we talk about simplifying. So day one, we clarify. Day two, we simplify. So why do we simplify? Because again, I find that most entrepreneurs that I have not only worked with, but that I know and love like you, Jeff, A lot of us tend to be what I call multi-passionate. We Mm -hmm. have interests and passions around many things. So in my own journey, I remember when I started training to be a coach at 23, I was incredibly insecure because I'm like, who the hell is going to hire a 23-year-old life coach? I haven't even lived life yet. And I was piles and piles of debt and I had like kind of failed at all of these dream jobs and Wall Street and publishing and all these different things. But I also, in addition to personal development and human potential, I loved writing. I loved spirituality. I loved dance. I loved hip hop. I loved music. I loved performance. Like there were all of these different aspects of who I was. And I remember writing in my journal so many times. You know, I was raised Catholic. I'm not really practicing. I consider myself more spiritual. But I would like have these pleas to God, like, tell <laughs> me, like, tell me what yeah. I'm supposed to do. Like, which one, which lane do I pick? Because the only wisdom I was exposed to in those days was that if you choose one thing and you get really good at it better than anyone else in the world, like that is the path to success. And I remember trying that for a little while and And Jeff, I felt like I was always cutting off a limb whenever I was like, I am just a coach. That's (laughs) all I do. Right. Meanwhile, the truth was I was bartending, waiting tables, doing all these other things. And I was dancing. And when I finally gave myself permission to say, you know what? I don't fit the normal mode. I'm a multi-passionate entrepreneur. I'm going to be teaching hip hop with Nike on this day. I'm going to be bartending on this day. I'm going to be coaching clients on this day. It gave me this freedom. So day number two, in terms of simplifying For those of us who have brains that are wired differently, I have ADHD, and can be all over the place, helping us simplify, again, is that next step. After we have clarity, then it's like, okay... Should we be on the TikTok, the Instagram, the Facebook, the YouTube, the podcast? Should we be doing all these things? Do I have to be everywhere at once? You know, it's like the movie that's up for Oscars, everything everywhere all at once. It's like, no, you don't have to do that. And most of us don't have the bandwidth for it. So day two, Simplify, is all about pairing it back to what are the critical few things that are really going to help you bring that clear dream to life in your business. And I've identified six Profit boosters are what I call them. They're really, it's like a six step roadmap that for any entrepreneur, if you focus on these six profit boosters in the particular order that we teach you, it gives you the greatest possible chance for success while staying out of overwhelm.
0: Hmm. Amazing. That is so helpful. Um, Okay. Let's go into pillar number three. So we have clarity. Yep. Then we've simplified around that clarity.
1: Yep. Then what, and what's then pillar number? Pillar three? number 3 is about amplification. So we clarify, we simplify and then we amplify. So once you have the clarity of what you want to create, you've simplified it down, you're not doing 73,000 things, you're you're really aligning your vision in these six core profit boosters and you're going through them in sequence. Then we're going to teach you how to really amplify not only how quickly you can get results, but also with how much joy and fun energy and creativity and sense of love and community that you can get results. So for me, one of the things I realized is that human beings are a lot like plants. You know, if you think about a beautiful cactus, right? It could thrive in a desert. The desert, there's not a lot of water, there's intense sun, right? There, there's wild changes in terms of the temperature day in and day out. But if you took that same cactus and you moved it into a rainforest, it would probably die. Too much water, right? Not the right atmosphere. You're kind of putting in a container that it's not meant to grow in. Same thing in a rainforest, a flower that could be beautiful in a rainforest. You stick that, that beautiful flower in a desert, not going to thrive. And I feel like people are the same way. If we want to get better, faster results, we have to be around people who are doing the kinds of things that we want to do. We're putting ourselves in that energy. So many entrepreneurs I've seen, Jeff, at least this was true in my own life. You know, when I was first starting out, I didn't have a lot of entrepreneurial friends. And so Hmm. when I was trying to talk with people that had regular corporate jobs or you know, they were kind of doing the thing and climbing that ladder, they couldn't relate not only to the language that I was using, like opt-ins and leads and conversions and my online strategy, but they really couldn't even relate to all of the energy and the passion that I was putting into this new thing. And so I think one of the keys to help people amplify their results, and it's one of the things that I do in every area of my life to get better results faster, is I find other people who are doing the kind of things that I wanna do? And I get myself in their orbit. Mm. I put myself in their proximity, even from an energetic level. It's not like, you know, I have to learn every single thing that they do or model it, but just being in that energetic vibe seems to have me move faster with more enthusiasm, with more love, and more of a sense of possibility than when I don't.
0: I remember Wayne Dyer had this fantastic quote. I'll try to summon it. It's the angels you wish to attract into your life will appear when they recognize themselves in you. And um, I, I always, it's obviously sticks somewhere in my brain because yes. it, it resonated so much. Um, you know, where if you align yourself with your highest principles and you walk in those footsteps every day, the angels that you wish to attract in your life will appear because they recognize themselves in you. It's, it's funny. I was talking to a a chef friend of mine about Instagram and TikTok and my daughters I have three teenage daughters, you know, who are somewhat caught up into all that too. And, uh, and he told me another quote that I've, really landed with me Um, or I might have made the quote out of something that he said, but it's just the best form of fame is to be respected by those who you respect. So instead of going out and chasing, you know, a hundred million fans or followers on Instagram, you know, really do stay close to the work and eventually people will recognize that work, particularly the people that you respect. And that for me is the most gratifying, fulfilling, like the relationship I have with you. Like I know that if I need something, and I told this to Skylar the other day, I was like, yeah, I'm inter- I'm interviewing Marie this week. She's like, Oh, how's Marie? I was like, she's great. I was like, you know, there's a thing about Marie It's like, I know that if I really needed something I could text her or call her and she would be there for me. You're that kind of stand-up, conscientious person. Um, And that is a reflection of you, but it's also a reflection of the work that I've done. And I know that we have a mutual respect because we have walked in this path for so many years. So I think, you know, that is a... You know, that was actually another thing when I first met Wayne Dyer, um, we were backstage at Wanderlust and I have these tiny little piano hands and he has these big like catcher mitt hands. And um, he took my little hand into like his hand and he pulled me close and he's like, uh, and he said one thing, he said, stay close to the work. I love it. And I was like, okay. I love it um and it you know it, it took a, a moment for it to really land with me but again i think staying close to the work will, uh um you know be very rewarding for, for for people um you know one of the we we spoke about this the other day when we chatted a little bit and i wonder if you could address it because you know i, I don't have an, an official um adhd diagnosis but my brain uh Tends to go a lot of different directions, and like you, I'm uh, I'm multi passionate. As I uh, admitted to earlier, I have a actual piano gig (laughs) in two weeks. I'm like, what am I doing? Um, You know, thrusting another thing on. But you know, is there an inherent tension between being multi passionate? And simplifying, um, and you know, I talked to you a little bit about um, Wim Hof when he came and stayed with us. He would wake up every morning and say the exact same thing as if he was like Taylor Swift, you know, playing her hit song. He'd say it with the same verb as if he'd never said it ever in his life. And of it's course, amazing. I was I was the recipient of that every day, and I was like, a light bulb went out. I was like, wow. He is so passionate about something so simple, breath work and get in the ice. And every day, it's just breath work and get in the ice. And that has been really helpful for a lot of people. A lot of people, you know, leverage uh, his protocol. But I think you and I, were we would get bored if all we said was breathe and get in the ice. Yeah, no, it would... Drive yeah. us how fatty. do we balance? Like- yeah. So, how do we balance like a simplicity and clarity of focus with being multi passionate?
1: Well, I think one of the biggest lessons that I've learned on that and that I try to pass along, you know, we're all at different stages and seasons of our lives and our businesses. And I think once you reach a certain level and you know that you're multi passionate, one big tip that I want to share is this you don't have to monetize all your passions. So you mm. do not have to pour everything into the business. Like, Jeff, I'm curious, are you getting paid for the piano gig?
0: <laughs> no, I'm probably paying, really, if, if you count, you know, gas money. I mean, I have an electric car, but still, you know what I mean?
1: You're doing it because it brings you joy, right? Mm. And it brings you a sense of love and like fun and exploration and you're out of your comfort zone and all of those great things that fuel your life. Right. And that inevitably are gonna bleed into your business. And so I think for multi-passionate people, you do not have to turn down your multi-passionate nest. I certainly don't. I'm super passionate about interior design and dance and music. And I'm still going to dance classes and all of these different kind of influences and places where I play wind up fueling my creativity that comes back to the simpleness of my business. Yeah. And so I think both can absolutely coexist and it's just about being aware and dancing with it. And, you know, there are different times in our businesses where we might want to kind of bring on other influences or allow things to get maybe a little bit chaotic because we're doing it eyes wide open and doing it consciously. And just like how you said, there's different seasons, same thing in business. Like you might be like, okay, great. I'm gonna, I'm gonna experiment with this new product line or I'm gonna try this new offering. And it may be a little bit of a guitar solo. We're just gonna see how it works. <laughs> um yeah. so I, I think that tension can exist. I think where many multi-passionate people get into trouble is like, I want my business to be around you know, financial freedom. And then I'm going to teach basket weaving, you know, underwater basket weaving, and then we're going to sell t-shirts, you know, and then we're going to do this, that, where it just gets too disparate.
0: Yeah. So Yeah. Like the other day we were um, talking about um, uh, Red Bull. It's not a product that I consume per se, but it is a a a company that produces essentially one skew and then they did all these other things around action sports and all that stuff to bring people into their community. But, you know, it was pretty simple for them to um, essentially assess the success of their business. And so, um, you know, for, for me at commune, and this is where it can get like slightly more tactical is like we have basically like four KPIs, like key performance indicators. And this is part of essentially simplifying the business where I can basically wake up, open an app and look at, you know, essentially how many annual members joined our community? You know, how many leads did we acquire and what was the churn rate, you know, and that is you know, obviously in the weeds in terms of particular metrics but i can essentially wake up and look at three or four numbers every day Mm -hmm. that are reflective of the overall success or viability sustainability of the business i don't have to look at 19 different numbers and then like pull it at which one might be the lever that we have to like pull it's very very clear Um, and it's very simple Very simple. So like when I think of you, I'm like, well, Marie, she's like an author and she has a podcast and she's a dancer and she's a writer and she's got this amazing partner. And I know she's into interior design. She's got a lot of passion. She's good at a lot of things. And then someone might follow up. She says, like, well, how does she make her money? B-School.
1: Yeah, that's exactly right. Our online courses, (laughs) everything else that I play in, is an opportunity for me to express not only my creativity, but it usually has a very strategic link to the things that are gonna improve the metrics that matter in my business. So our online courses are the big revenue driver. So B-School is one of them, we love it. Time Genius, you know, all these other things, like even books, like when people come to me like, you know, I want to write books, it's like, oh, amazing, what's the rest of the business? Because unless you're, you know, Stephen King or maybe Elizabeth Gilbert, who I love and I know, and she's even a friend, you'd have to sell a tremendous amount of books for most people to reach the kind of income and profit levels that they want without having another piece of it. So it's 100% right. And just to put a button on the multi-passionate piece, You can absolutely be a multi-passionate entrepreneur and have all of these diverse interests and still have a pretty simple business that allows you to make great money, have that great freedom and pull these awesome, potentially seemingly disparate uh, places of your life. You can pour into that business and still keep it simple, completely possible.
0: Yeah. In fact, I think it's all of your far flung and my far flung interests that make our brands unique so you know the your content that you create always has like a marie like sparkle it's like it's in one it's like it's in a snow globe or something (laughs) it's always like has a particular upbeat expansive effusive flavor and signature to it and you're dancing and you're having fun uh, and you're bringing all of these interests in and that's why i think people are so attracted to it because there's like they're like look this is you know someone who's really following their dreams and it's infectious um, yeah.
1: And all people can have that. And again, I've seen it now because we've had tens and tens of thousands of people go through the program. It's such a release for people to realize that they can bring their whole self to their business and that everything that makes them unique and different is actually what's going to be their quote unquote competitive advantage. It's what's going to help them stand out in a very crowded marketplace. And I think people feel such a tremendous sense of not only satisfaction, but they also feel this tremendous sense of freedom in that. Because for many of us, you know, old ideas of business were like super buttoned up and we had to speak a particular way and you couldn't kind of color outside the lines. Uh, But now that's completely different. So the possibility of a dream business, the possibility of doing it your own way, of having the things that you create and earn money from be a real reflection of your heart and your values and the change that you want to see in the world. It's like, all that's possible, but you need to start with the end in mind that you want to run a dream business, not a screen business. And then you just need some bumpers in place and some guidelines so that you don't get overwhelmed and taken off track and so that you really stay true uh, to your North Star.
0: Yeah, beautiful. Um, one of my other favorite axioms of yours is action metabolizes fear. Oh, that was yeah. So good, especially given my interest in medical science. I like anything to do with metabolism. <laughs> um, but I think so many of us can get paralyzed in the overwhelm, right? You know, starting uh, a business or even kind of hitting an inflection point in, in a business, um, you can become paralyzed. And I suppose the opposite of that axiom would be sort of paralysis perpetuates or synthesizes fear. Um, and I think, you know, this, the, the dream business bootcamp in February seventh is essentially a way to get you into action, um, and, and sort of break the shackles of paralysis. So can you know, unpack yes. that adage a little bit, cause I think it's so good.
1: Yeah. And what kind of tucks right underneath that so beautifully is clarity comes from engagement, not thought. Clarity Mm -hmm. comes from engagement, not thought. So if you find yourself feeling, you know, like, gosh, I don't know which way to go, or I have so many ideas and I don't know what to do first, or, you know, any of those feelings, clarity comes from engagement, not thought. So unpacking this is like, first of all, it's really normal to feel afraid anytime we're stepping outside of what we already know. And whether we're starting a business or we're hitting that plateau and we need to evolve our business, we have to remember that 99.9% of what we need to do to get to that next level of our own evolution or our business's evolution of growth, we've never done before. We have no idea. So we're going to be feeling that sense of panic, uncertainty, fear. What if I mess it up? I don't know if I can handle it. Do I have what it takes? Am I smart enough? Ah, Again, I still feel that. That's very, very normal and human. And When you begin to take action, not only do you find that clarity, clarity comes from engagement, not thought, you start to really produce as a byproduct a sense of confidence. Why? Because by stepping out into the unknown and treating it as an experiment, and you're going to go find the answers like this is an adventure, you're like, oh, that fear feeling. It's not lethal. It's just a little, it's a long for the ride. And the confidence comes because you keep stepping out into that and discover that you can handle it. And yeah, like we make flops and fumbles all the time. I do it all the time still. But you start to have fun with it and you start to understand that all of the best things in life are really beyond what you already know. And mm. so that action that metabolizes fear, like taking action, you're like, oh, I can do this. Oh, pfft, you know, I fell. Okay, oh, here I am again. And oh, scrape my knee. Oh, here I am again. And you keep moving and gathering wisdom and gathering community and gathering insight. And then all of a sudden, you don't even remember what it felt like to be on your couch thinking about it in your head. Um, And I also just think all of the real world feedback that you get in your body from taking action, you know, from whether it's you come to dream business bootcamp and you start writing things out, we all know the science behind journaling and how it can just help you translate from the subconscious, from your intuition, from your higher self into a very crystallized form on the page. So, so there's that aspect of it. And then just having the space and the grace to ask these questions. Most of us are so busy throughout our day, fielding texts and emails and scrolling and dealing with our kids and you know all the things that are happening to just take some time and ponder Questions about your future and what you want to create and what you want to stand for and what you want to um, contribute to other people. Like, there's tremendous value in that. And I, that's what gets me really excited as a coach and as a teacher. And also with Dream Business Bootcamp, there's one other piece to it. I know how overwhelmed people are because I live it and I talk with people all the time. So we're actually adding a little bit of a a carrot in. So when you Mm. come do it (laughs) with us February 7th, 8th, and 9th, we have like $20,000 in amazing prizes that you're eligible to win if you just comment and engage. Why do I do that? Because I know that when you do this work, this thought work, this unearthing of what you really want, when you put it into words, that your life moves ahead no matter what you start gaining that confidence you start moving ahead whether it's like you train with us or not that's almost irrelevant to me quite honest um, but i know that those prizes can be that really fun carrot that get people over the hump so there's like this amazing tech pack that you could win there's a self-care pack with all of my favorite stuff that not only skincare but it's just stuff that i use that keeps me cozy and inspired and then we have a dream trip to new york city so i've lived in the west village for i think 25 years now amazing restaurants, amazing boutiques. So we'll fly someone out, put them in a hotel and give them gift cards to like my favorite joints all around the city. Cause I think, you know, sometimes you come to New York and at least for me, I always dream bigger when I'm here.
0: My partner and friend for a year, Sean, lived on Perry street. And I think you're uh, kind of somewhere in that little hood. My neighbor,
1: I, I am, I'm right around yeah. the corner.
0: And um, and uh, I know you know how to curate restaurants and, and boutiques and coffee shops well, so, um, so that's just an added bonus. You know, I want to conclude by asking a little bit about community because one of the really compelling things that you offer is... is Is actually the structure of the education itself that puts thousands, tens of thousands of people together, learning something transformational at the same time. And that is super powerful. It has all sorts of knock-on impacts. I saw this at Wanderlust when we would bring 5,000 people to a festival. Yeah, the festival itself was amazing. But... The magic almost happened in the relationships that happened, th- that that forged at the festivals, and new businesses that started, and babies that were made, and all of this kind of oh, stuff. Yes, and you know, I know you just interviewed um, our friend Mark Hyman. Yep, um, for his new book, and you know, he talks a lot about how you know community is one of the pillars of the blue zones, these places that have the highest concentrations of centenarians. So we know that community is, is, plays a huge role in health. In fact, Mark, I think, um, was telling me about uh, uh, some clinical research he was doing at the Cleveland Clinic where he was treating one group of diabetics individually and one group mm-hmm. uh, in groups. And the, um, the ability of the group to reduce their blood glucose levels and turn around their diabetes was so much greater because they were being treated in a group. And yes. there was, so, um, and I could go on and on about sociogenomics and, and and all of this different kinds of stuff around community, but maybe you could touch on the community component of, of B-School, because I think it's so yeah. important.
1: It's so special, you know, we have folks like you had mentioned at the top from over like 160 different countries and territories around the world. We have folks at every different stage of their journey from ultimate beginners to people who have had multiple businesses and they're like, gosh, I'm creating something new again. This is my new chapter, my next chapter. And I have met so many people, Jeff. I run into them on the streets. I see them at conferences. I see them all over like, oh my God, I met my best friend in B-School. I became yep. business partners and now we have this multi-million dollar ad company. Uh, Some folks have gotten married. It's like, it is insanely beautiful, the connections that happen. And within our B-School member portal, like the rich discussions that happen. And then I'm coaching with people every week and we bring folks on camera. We have B-School mentor coaches it's just so awesome the dialogues that happen between all of us and you get to know people and you get to see their faces and you you know you're like oh who's that oh i know oh that's heather again oh great and it is just something that is um this beautiful byproduct that I never expected to happen and I've, I've heard it again and again where people, they wind up being out at a coffee shop someplace and they all of a sudden see someone and they're like, wow, that person seems really cool. And they strike up a conversation or like, oh, they were a B-schooler. Oh, mm. of course I should have known they yeah. were a B-schooler. <laughs> and so I think a really beautiful aspect of the program. And while you don't have to go through it with us live, like we walk people through the program in a cohort, just because I want to introduce people to the sequence and to have an opportunity to ask questions, everyone gets lifetime access to the content. So just know that it's not going away. You can review it as much as you want. We've had people that took B-School back in 2012 and literally come back every year to do a refresher because we focus on the timeless stuff that is just, it always works. Um, but I think the the connections are priceless. And I think also just reading and interacting and seeing other people wrestle with some of the same questions that you have. And then having myself and again, other R B school mentor coaches are um, successful business owners in their own right. And so you get just such a diverse set of perspectives to consider mm-hmm. and the support and the kindness and the positivity. It's it's unparalleled, you know. And again, we mentioned this earlier for some of us, and I've certainly had this feedback. Many people don't have anyone else in their life or a place where they can go and say, Hey, I just want to kind of say this out loud to people who will actually just receive it and not shut it down or, you know what I mean, belittle me for having it. And that in and of itself, that witnessing of one another, that place where you can go that you always know. It's possible to ask any question. There's no dumb questions. You're going to be seen and respected. For me, that's priceless.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And just the way that you um, engineer it to create a container um, of trust and vulnerability where people really actually do feel um, free and open to ask questions that that otherwise they might think of as dumb or too elementary, et cetera. Um, Never Never. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's so amazing. I mean, you know, we uh, launched a lot of different programs on commune, but in in some of our um, yoga courses, for example, where we'll have, you know, 40,000, 50,000 people going through something at the same time. And they're all posting photos of their puja or little altar spaces. And there's all of a sudden there's thousands of those photos, you know, it's so special. I mean, you know, I'm sure there's a hashtag, you know met at b school i know that there was one met at wanderlust and i know that was just continues to be some of the most gratifying parts of 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 doing what we do um yes. so yeah in summary can you run down all of the um essential dates so i know yes february 7th to february 9th is um dream business, dream Boot business camp. bootcamp. camp so w- yep. give us all the links and where we can find information um and uh and yeah leave us where with a popcorn trail there
1: For sure. So I think you guys are going to put links in your show notes in terms of Of Dream Business Bootcamp. Um, That's February 7th, 8th, and 9th. It's totally free. And if you're listening to this after February 7th, 8th, and 9th, still come over because you'll be able to access the replays, which the content is going to be there. It just won't have that live prize component that we're just all doing together. So there's um, that bit. It's at dreambusinessbootcamp.com. Um, And that really gets you into our world. And so we'll be able to serve you some fantastic free education over the next few weeks so that you can not only get started, and as Jeff was mentioning, you can start to take action, get that clarity, simplify, and then we'll teach you how to amplify. And then if you want to keep going and you want to really get that business education and get our Really, at this point, it feels like a proven blueprint that helps people stay out Mm -hmm. of the overwhelm, know what to do first, second, third, and so on. And then this is the other piece, Jeff, that I I don't think I mentioned. You know, this will be our 14th year running the program. Everything has been refreshed and is completely brand new. So all of my personal learnings being a business owner now for 22 years Everything we've learned from our incredible students, everything we've learned from our colleagues, we've made the program more powerful so people can get results faster and better than ever before. And so every single bit is brand new and better than ever. So it's a really exciting time.
0: Well, you found clarity and you're simplifying, but you're never resting on your laurels. It's amazing (laughs) that um, I'm not built that
1: way. I just can't do it. (laughs)
0: <laughs> that um, that you found the stamina to to redevelop this program, but of course, you know times change and technology changes, and yes, you know the consumer marketplace changes, and um and it's amazing that you've um you know spent the time to refresh a lot of that content and, and redevelop it, and like a, I I know it's going to be so powerful for people. Um, I know that uh, so many people that have gone through the B School program. And, uh, yeah, I'm just so grateful for the work that you bring to the world. You've empowered so many people. Really what I think about it, I think about it this way. You really inspire people to move into action. And as you said, action metabolizes fear. So you, this is really what Marie is helping so many people do is to move into action. And uh, it's interesting that what you said about behavior, Andrew Huberman says this too, you know, we often think think that our behavior um, is influenced by our thoughts, but it's actually often the other way around, that our thoughts are actually influenced by our behavior. And so if you get into action and you begin to apply a lot of these principles that you're teaching, then all of a sudden you're metabolizing fear. You're confident, you're out there and uh, you're in the arena as Teddy Roosevelt said. So thank you for all your work. I I just love being with you you. and I can't wait to be with you in four dimensional space time sometime soon.
1: Me too. Thank you so much for having me on and thanks for everyone for listening.
0: Yeah. Thanks a lot for listening to my conversation with marie forleo to get more info on b school and to enroll for free in dream business boot camp just go to onecommune.com marie that's onecommune.com m-a-r-i-e of course i also encourage you to check out the commune course platform which is unique in its breadth there are yoga and meditation apps, but there is really no other platform that serves as a one-stop destination for holistic well-being. The commune programs both explain physiological mechanism and provide the modalities and praxis for better health. And if I do say, the roster of teachers is truly unparalleled. So you can try it for free for 14 days at onecommune.com trial. And please subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or your favorite podcatcher and leave a review if you're so inclined. It really does make a big difference. You can always email me at jeffk at onecommune.com with questions, suggestions, criticism of the constructive variety. And lastly, but leastly, I want to send the biggest love to my team who works tirelessly to make this show happen week over week thank you Silvana, violet megan jake ruby ryan and the entire commune team that's all from the commune for this week my name is jeff krasnow and i'm here for you